On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the Safeway Open, of course, our uh, player of the year, PGA player, not our player of the year, but PGA player of the year, Brooks Cupcake, I mean Kepka, and uh, we'll move into our first impressions. Uh, we haven't even seen the damn club in person, but we're excited about this new Mizuno uh, 919, JPX 919 Tour uh, Iron as well as um, we've got, you know, fall golf is coming into play, and we are going to wrap up uh, a great season. We're going to talk a little bit about how match play uh, played out this year versus uh, stroke play. So uh, look forward to getting into that. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Episode 3 of the Faded Golf Podcast. As always, I'm here with my uh, my partner, John Falkenberg. How are we doing, John? Good, buddy. How you doing? Hey, we are sitting in your awesome uh, golf simulator, simulator room. room. It's green. In your basement. It's uh, The walls are green. We've got the greats of Norman, Palmer, and Nicholas hanging on the wall. Uh, I, I can't imagine how stupidly fortunate we are to be able to be in a situation like this where we just talk crap about golf and stare at a golf simulator that we look forward to playing this, this more in this winter. Um, uh, it's the only time I it. can take money from people. <laughs> which, is, which is fun. Uh, so we've, uh, we, John and I, um, if you were able to listen to episode two and even one, you got a little preview on a great experience John and I had in going to Paris, Le Golf National, um, just a tremendous experience for, for the Americans listening to this. Uh, if you have an opportunity to go to really a European uh, Ryder Cup, I mean, I, I think it was one of those things. It's, it's just a unique kind of lifetime experience. I, you check it off your list, whether you go once or multiple here, times. But here, I want to say one thing. I've been getting when people say, oh, how was Paris despite the score? I had a fantastic time, even at the Ryder Cup. I told people the vibe there was awesome, and I've talked to other people or, or heard from other people that went to the Ryder Cup that were there, Americans, and said it was unbelievable. It was yeah. so much fun. It, it, it wasn't – look, it sucked the Americans lost. We lost. Yeah. But, I mean, we – I mean, us just – Laying on the side of these hills and yelling at people and just having it was just a fantastic time. It was a good time. I mean, we we talked about the negatives last week a little bit, but I think the positives of going and experiencing a Ryder Cup on foreign soil outweigh any of the negatives, and I we highly recommend it. So, with that, you know, pro professional golf moves on. There's like there's basically no weeks off <laughs> during the professional golf season. I think they take maybe Christmas off week, and then they take off uh, uh, the week before the Tour Championship. I want to say they basically play 50 weeks out of the year. They play tournaments. And so we had the, the dipshit open. I mean, the Safeway Open uh, that was, uh, you know, full of, you know, guys who just graduated from the Web.com Tour. You've got guys that didn't make it to the Tour Championships, nor the Ryder Cup. So they're like, hey, I got to get making some money again. Got to support my sponsors. You've got even your Phil Mickelsons, um, who were probably obligated based on their sponsors. Was there to any? Was there any other guy besides Phil Mickelson that was on the Ryder Cup? 
Uh, European I, or USA? Not that I can think of. Not that I can think of. I think there were some Euros that played on the European Tour because they had an event at, I think it was the old course this past what? week. You're so, just saying, Phil, he probably had to do it because... Oh, I'm sure it was, a, it, was a, it was some guarantee with his sponsors or with Safeway or Plus, whoever. But you know, you've heard about Phil. Like, he's from... I don't think he's... Yeah, he's from close to that area, right? Southern California, I believe. Well, I think he lives in Southern California. Well, I don't he, know. Here we go, talking. Again, if you want the accurate data, listen to the Golf Channel. If you want bullshit but data... But he just wants to go there and just crush wine. I mean, that's yeah. it. <laughs> I, well, I think that's kind of our point that we wanted to make with the Safeway Open. Okay, great. You're going to play a golf tournament. I think it is a great way for these web.com guys or some of these guys that don't get to play uh, week to week because the fields are full or it's the elite player, you know, the top X players Rico in the open. nation. Um, but these guys have an opportunity to make a name, win a tournament, win, so get some FedEx points. And, of course, um, you know, one of the key players that really could have been a, a Ryder Cup pick potentially this year, but uh, thank God Jim Furyk didn't pick him because with 11 holes to play, Brant Snedeker blew a five-shot lead. You know, I kind of got mixed feelings on that because he had a really good win, what was it, the week before? The, the week before the tour, two weeks, the playoffs started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I believe, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, I think he won the tournament the, before, the week before the playoffs started. Yeah, so, I mean, he was playing mm-hmm. decent golf. That's why he could have been a Ryder Cup pick. Uh, and he, I mean, he shit the bed. There's no question. Well, he, holes, he has admitted it. 11 holes ago. I mean, he just. He's going to kick himself. When he, like 17 and 18, those aren't very hard holes either. Like He came down, he had a chance. All he had to do was par out. And he would have won. He had two par fives. I, he bogeyed <laughs> 17 and then parred yeah. 18. Yeah. Not that good. Was bad. It was bad. No, I will say Bob Tway, or whatever, Tway, Bob Tway's son. Um, I don't know his first name. Either. I can't even, I, it'll come to me later. <laughs> I really can't it remember really, his first name. Uh, Tim Tway, Ed, Eddie Tway. I don't know. Um, do, you, do you see him talk? Are we recording this? This is Does funny. You see him talk, when he talks to people, Is like he's looking, he looks at the ceiling. I didn't understand why, what, how he was addressing people. Well, whatever. Right, whatever. He played. It's he Kevin, Kevin Tway. There you go. He, he, he played. He played great golf, and he actually well, down the stretch he played great golf. I think he birdied uh, the three finishing holes as well as he birdied five, both five in a row. Right, and then he birdied both um, uh, playoff holes. So I mean, you want to talk about finishing strong? I got to give it to Kevin for that for finishing. He strong. can hit the shit up, but much too. much better finish than obviously Snedeker. Um, we'll touch on quickly then that. Um, Ryan Moore still has one of the ugliest golf swings in in the game, but effective. Extremely effective. I thought I really was actually pulling. He doesn't for him. hit it very far either. I was pulling for him at the end just because I actually thought the, most of these guys were just complete choke shows coming down the stretch. On again, the Safeway Open of all, it's not like it was the freaking Masters or something like that. These guys are choking coming down the stretch. So cheers to Kevin. Moving on from the third first uh, tour tournament of the season. Um, let's talk about the the PGA recognizing Brooks Kepka as Player of the Year. How, do you feel like he was a Player yeah, of the Year? Absolutely, there's not. Hands yeah, I mean, how do you not? I mean, give it to a guy who wins two majors, um, comes back from an injury. Uh, you know that he, he didn't even start really the year because he was coming back from an injury. So and then he didn't wins play, two majors. He didn't play in one of the majors. No, I don't he think play he didn't the play in the Masters. So 
Oh, he, you want to talk about winning two majors and and uh, being not, injured in the first they, quarter of the year, but not playing too well. I mean, he played okay at the Ryder Cup, but not what I thought he would. He would be one of the guys. Him, I, I expected Justin Thomas, and he did it. Mm-hmm. I thought Brooks Koepka would be one of the guys that would just. Just roll take through care people. Of, just take care of I, th- I thought so, too. So that was a little disappointing. I would agree that he didn't take care of business in, in France. But I agree. Um, but there's no – it's hands I, down. I think it was hands down. He was the uh, player of the year as well. And um, So kudos to Brooks. And uh, we will – I like that, Brooks. I, you know what? I have to say, like, at first when I like he came on, I didn't like him. Did not like him. Thought he was – Thought he was cocky and just his ad, but I've gotten a like. It just that's just the way he is. He's quiet, goes about his business, minds his business. He's not a yeah. flashy dude. No, he's not, and I think that's uh, there's a little bit of appeal there. Um, reminds me a little bit of Fowler, um, in that he's uh, it just goes about his business. Fowler's just you know I think he just because he came on so young, like he he had an appeal. He had the shaggy hair and freaking young girls probably liked him. But I think Brooks has kind of a similar. Kind of feel to him. Ricky's so much more likable, though. Yeah. Well, he's 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 obviously kind of funny, and he he embraces the social media stuff. So Rick's been able to get out there a little bit. Well, um, we kind of digress there a little bit. Moving on to another topic. One thing that has it's come okay out. Okay, digress, Mark. Yeah, people want to hear digressing. You want to hear us digress a little bit? Well, I don't want to digress as it relates to pro golf because well, again. You know, it's not our expertise. Like, shit, we could barely come up with Kevin Tway, for God's But sakes. you know what? But I think a lot of people, they they don't want to hear Johnny Miller and, uh, uh, what's his name? Duvall and uh, Shambly yeah. ran on. True. They don't want to hear it. They want to hear Nabilo. I mean, no, I'm joking. I do want to hear Nabilo. I do. I kind of like Nabilo. I like Nabilo. Faldo's all right. But oh, well, uh, foul though. I mean, it got, look, those guys—they've won. I get it. They—they know. They know what they're doing and when. But people, people want to hear it's like normal, everyday well, golfing guy. Hey, that's the hey everybody. For if you've listened for the first time, that's the point of the Faded Golf Podcast. We're just trying to be your normal, average Joe talking about golf crap. You know, just like you do in your basement with your buddies. So, but we just happen to be recording it. So, uh, moving on from pro golf, because if you really want all the details on pro golf stats and people to actually figure out that it's Kevin Tway and not Bob's son, um, uh, you can go ahead and go watch the Golf Channel, listen to Brandel Shambly ramble on about how Brent Snedeker freaking choked too. Um, so, moving on, one thing though we want to give you is opinions on stuff that we're seeing in the marketplace. And uh, one thing that really has our attention right now, and even though we haven't seen it in person yet, the pictures alone and what's being shared, and if you go to Mizuno's website, these JPX 919 Tour irons are gorgeous. I mean, we just both, but, we've, we, but we've both played Mizuno's in our past. We've both played Mizuno's. I played the JPX Pros, the, the original ones, and I loved them, and I went to Titleist, and I cannot wait to hit these things. I, I look forward to it as well. I played MP30s. And um, and then uh, I'm currently playing the uh, Ping S55s. I've had them for what four or five years now, though. So I, I'm kind of due for a new set myself. Um, and uh, these definitely have my attention because I've been looking at those AP2s as well. Who did I think you say pretty... had some on tour? Did you say somebody oh, sent on tour now? Brooks Kepka is actually was a um, 
they built this club essentially for Brooks. So he, this is kind of like a <laughs> sold, uh, right? So I mean, you're talking about that, and guess guess who just, just won the tournament last week? That's playing these same clubs as well. Our buddy Bob Tway's son, Kevin Tway. He's playing. Actually, he's playing these Mizuno well, uh, JPX nine nineteen tours. If, so. if he if if you watch. If you watched the uh, PGA Championship at Bell Raven, watched number 16 with a four iron, a little cut fade 248 par three, and he hit that with a JPX Pro or the 919, I'd say I'm sold. Yeah. So you've got two guys that have been playing great golf. These irons are essentially designed for Brooks Kepka, and now they're putting them on the mass, mass market. Mizuno um, doesn't get enough recognition for how good their irons are. Well, you know, one thing that they don't do, Mizuno historically doesn't do, is they don't carry a ton of, like, tour pros, like staff pros. So, um, you know, Luke Donald's been one that's been a Mizuno guy for basically almost his whole career. But Charles very, third. It, was, but there's also, it's basically been a, it's not like your TaylorMades and your Titleists and your Callaway guys where there's, like, they got dozens upon dozens of guys that are Callaway pros and you know Titleist pros and that, that kind of thing. They're, it's more like kind of your Cobra and your you know, your uh, Bridgestone kind of guys where they're kind of few and far between a little bit. But I don't um, think you can put you don't put you but don't lump Mizuno and Cobra well, and, and note note though Cobra and Bridgestone they're paying these guys to play these clubs, whereas historically. Most of the guys that are playing Mizuno irons aren't even getting an endorsement out of it. So, for example, Brooks Kepka, obviously player of the year, doesn't even have an endorsement deal with Mizuno. He chooses to play them <laughs> that because that's the club he wants to play. Are you sure about that? I am 99% sure about that. that I will check my Brandel Chambly is... statistics, but I am 99% sure. Not to say that he's not getting his clubs for free and getting taken oh, care of. Oh, yeah. But he's not getting extra cash out of Mizuno for playing the Mizuno clubs. has historically never done that. So, again, Luke Donald's been like their guy, and there's been a few other guys that, you know, they carry the Mizuno bag. But Brooks doesn't carry the Mizuno bag. He carries, what, a Nike bag maybe? I can't even remember what's on his bag. But he's got, he's got like, the Nike get up. And so, anyway. I think uh, Brooks, Brooks is his – he needs some, some management <laughs> suggestions. He – he could be he could making a lot more money. He could be like the another bow nose bow crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just that type of athlete. Dude. He could be. He could be. Anyway, so once again, we digress on shit that we don't know enough about to be able to probably really talk about it. But once again, too, hopefully you and your your uh, buddies are talking about this in the basement as well um, over a pilsner or whatever the heck you're drinking um, over the weekend or whenever you listen to this. Um, so moving on, uh, we're excited to see these clubs. We'll on a future episode. I think we'll maybe we'll we'll turn on the little simulator down here. We'll hit a few and talk about it. So I think that'd be kind of a, a fun way to test test some stuff out. One other club side note: total sidebar. This is off script, off of uh, plan. Um, uh, ben Hogan has been doing some marketing that's hitting my feeds in social media, and I will tell you that I think. The irons that they have right now look freaking money as well, and we may need to. Uh, you got to test them. They have a, a program. So a little shout out to Ben Hogan. They have a program where you can actually because you can only buy them through their website. They don't go through retailers anymore, but um, uh, you can actually like they'll ship you a set of clubs that you can test. Are they still out of Fort Worth? I believe so. Yeah. So anyway, so another another thing, another some other things we might maybe we'll do a Ben Hogan Mizuno. Side by side. 
Moving on to our main topic of the day. So, this is the sad time of year for me. Um, I love fall golf. I love putting on slacks and playing and putting on a pullover just to, you know, get the weather gets a little bit cooler. I don't know, just for some reason it just it feels great out there to get out there versus freaking feel like I got to put on like, you know, a ton of SPF and, you know, try not to get a total uh, burnt neck by the end of the round. And um, I, I love fall golf, but at the same time, that means we've only got probably, you know, 30 to 60 days left of actual play, which is uh, somewhat depressing. So as we've gone through the season, John and I wanted to talk about like a little bit of a season in review about how shitty our play was uh, during the year, but <laughs> as well as, um, you know, what type of events or what type of games that we had going on, um, you know, as we played throughout, throughout the season. And so uh, I wanted to kick it off, John, by talking about the season-long match play at the club. So we have two events at, at our club that are, there's a single season-long match play, as well as a, uh, what they call the old buddy. So it's like basically a, you know, four ball uh, match play event. And you've got... There's a, a reason Mark wants to talk about this, by the way. Well, so we'll get well, to that. We'll get to it. We'll get bit. to that. But um, I think these are great events. Most clubs have them, uh, whether it be a every single. Every club has Pretty them. much every club has them. Uh, it's a fun event. You basically play, you play one. It's, it's you're like your NCAA bracket. You win. You keep on. You win in advance. You lose. You're out of the bracket. And Mark's in the final for both. I'm going to cut the suspense <laughs> really quick. We'll cut so. the suspense. So at the club, I, I happen to somehow um, – weaseled my way through probably leaning on my partner in one and then getting lucky um, on a couple of the, the rounds uh, through this uh, series on the singles. And, uh, but, you know, in talking about match play, John typically beats me uh, on the golf course, even though we're like the same handicap. We basically, we're both threes. And John finds a way to freaking beat me for some reason. Well, I, well let's, no, but, let's, let's go back. I mean, we probably go over, like, the past two years. We're probably pretty split on match play. Like, going back and forth, probably pretty close. Stroke play, like, I don't know. I mean, that's I, – I, I view myself as a better stroke player. You are definitely a better match player. There's no Why question. Why is that? Because um, you just don't give a shit if you blow up in one hole. You don't care. You just move right on. Yeah. You don't let that, like, if you get down a few holes, it doesn't bother you. It just doesn't. You're just like, whatever. I'll just keep, you know, grinding out. I think some people just can't get that in their mind. If they're playing bad golf. They're already in their head. They're, it's golf. there. If they're down three holes, they feel like the game's over. Yeah. I mean, you just, you conceptualize it different. I, I think, it's, look, you being in the finals for the single uh, and the old buddy, that's it's pretty impressive. It's a pretty big deal. <laughs> and uh, you uh, got beat this last weekend at the old uh, match play on the, <laughs> the par, three, par three match play. By the, uh, by the way, cheers, John, for uh, your 50-yard hole-in-one. Uh, on 60 the, on yard. Part, oh, 63. Sorry, 59-yard so, hole-in-one. Well, we did plenty to explain. Like, we have an ex- executive par three, and then yep. we have our championship course. And yep. Mark and I decided to say, hey, let's go over there. It's... it's it, it's but, a great. I tell you what, it's a great little pitch and putt. I love it. Um, it's pretty. The longest hole probably plays maybe a buck twenty, uh, and a majority of holes probably are right around ninety yards. Um, you know, somewhere between ninety, hundred yards, somewhere in there. 
and uh, the, it happens to be the second hole is probably like one of the shorter playing holes. It plays roughly uh, 50 to 60 yards, and um, the pin happened to be up front on the green, I think, this day too, so it's probably playing closer to the 50-yard kind of range, and freaking John freaking one-hop side spins this freaking thing into the cup. It was... It was wasn't backspin, sidespin, 100%. It was, oh, to, well, the wind was drifting it to the left as well. You played the wind, you left it out right, had a little, and it had a little, 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 uh, little baby draw on a 50 yard shot and just kicked left and went right, dunked in. It was I awesome. think, but, Fun. but Fun I watch. But I think it's pretty unique though. I don't, I don't think there'll be many years where there's the guy that's in a singles match playing in the, the old buddy in the finals as well. So hats off. I mean, uh, your stroke play results, we'll give your, maybe your back was messing with you, but uh, th- those were too, well, that were too good in the stroke play event. But my guy, I mean, to, for you, you could, you'll prop, I mean, you have a pretty good chance of winning both. Two, two, You're going against two sandbaggers on the, two, on, on the, two on the weeks, old buddy. Two weeks prior to the, uh, club championship, stroke play club championship. I I decided to go move some furniture, and I re- I helped him by the way. Yeah, and I re-injure a herniated disc that I have in my back, and uh, my sciatic nerve is going freaking nuts. I can I can't even get like weight over to my left side. I couldn't finish anything. But I don't hear anything about that sciatic nerve when he texts me the week after when he shot a seventy one to beat uh, his guy in singles match play. So let's. <laughs> Was it a week later? It was, a week, it was a, week, later. a week later. You shot a 71. To be I happened to be in bad condition, and then I shot a 71. I, I can't tell you I've had a miraculous recovery. but You shot a 71, and you had to shoot a 71 to win. I had to shoot a 71 to win. What I will, I, do, I would like to touch on, though, that um, so I had to be, to get to the finals, you know, I've gone through five guys, and uh, two of which I didn't break 80 and still won. <laughs> So it just tells you how bad these guys basically kind of can't like in both of, in both of those I was down three through probably twelve thirteen holes and these guys basically just freaking handed it back it, to me and I beat them on the nineteenth hole both of those but guys. But think about that for a second. So you did that, but then the the if you would have shot that even close to that even close to that on the three other matches oh smoked you'd, you'd have been beat on thirteen smoked absolutely smoked so a little bit of a luck of the draw. And the way the bracket kind of panned out, and then obviously the the state of my game in some of those matches. Um, uh, but you know what? The beauty of match play is perseverance. You know, for some reason, I don't know. Maybe I played down to these guys' level, and then just freaking just uh, stayed in it. Who knows? Yeah, he's, um, you're biscuit. You're you're sea biscuit. Whatever it you is, you guys see him in the from. Uh, I will to to go to the old buddy side. I've played pretty consistent. Um, in those matches, for the most part, I, I will have to say you have got a my brother in law who's a fifteen. Uh, at least he from stepped the, it up, and the dude. It's been really fun to watch. Mike, Michael is not um, like a real competitive. He does. He didn't play competitive golf growing up. He's not like a huge competitive golfer. This was one of the first like competitive golf things, other than. You know, little Nassau's and stuff like that with with me and with you know little bets that we'd have maybe with like his brother and his dad or something like that. Um, this was his first like taste of competition. This dude's worked on his game more this summer than he probably ever has. Like he's I, I, I see him at work today and he's like, yeah, last night I was at the range for like an hour and a half chipping and putting. Like I was hitting it good. Uh, 
assistant pro Matt comes up and he's like, dude, you look like you're swinging it well. Like, you know, he's like, he's like, I switched back to my old putt. Here's a dude switching putters. He's like, I switched back to my old putter. I think I'm putting well. I mean, here's a guy that probably usually shoots about 90 and he's been, he's been consistently shooting in the eighties. Um, and it's been a huge, uh, a couple times low eighties. What he's been doing is he's kind of like. Has he broke 80 in any of these matches? No. No, he hasn't. But what he's had is he's had really good nines. So, for example, like in our last match, he shot probably 48 on the front, but then shot um, like 39. 39 on the back. Oh, that's, that's huge. Right? That's so huge. He's, he's not necessarily putting together a round that like stroke play anybody would be like, you know, impressed about, but we, hung, we, would, we would hang in on like the front nine in some of these matches because I played consistent enough, getting enough pars and stuff like that, that we'd only maybe be one down even in a bad scenario making the turn. And then the dude would just start lighting it up. You know, one thing I think we should maybe tell some people is like relate with uh, like way our club is, is set up in the age group. Yeah. Like we're relatively, we're like, Mark, what are you, are you 40? 41. 41. I'm going to be 40 next year. So, but we have a pretty relatively young club, but we got a lot of older guys too. Yeah. And, you know, I think having that, that um, relative experience when it comes to younger guys like that have played golf and guys like you that have experience in it and the older guys that are still competitive in the club – Makes a difference because who's the most of the guys that you've went up against you've had a tough time with? Um, uh, they've been older, uh, haven't they? Of the any younger guys that you've had, like you've even played. I haven't played. I haven't actually had to play many of the younger guys. Is there any guy that's been younger than you you've played? Sexton and the Buddy stuff, and Sexton Sap. Did you, oh, you played them. Oh, those are the guys that. That was one of. We had to go at nineteen holes in that one. That was a tough one. When was they that? came back? Was that the second second round? round? Yeah. Oh, and those guys won it last year. They did win it last year, and they're uh, actually a lot like you. We were up. Um, we were up two with two to play, and they they won on seventeen and eighteen. Took it an extra hole, and um, Michael happened to stroke on that hole, and um the rest is history because he, he he pulls out par out of his ass with the sun basically below the freaking horizon and i mean we could i don't i'm not sure he could even read that we couldn't have gone a 20 uh a 20th hole and that's how that's how dark it was um on that green i don't know how he read this like 30 40 footer downhill that he lagged to two inches for a tap in par net birdie um, to win Done. that to win that match. Done. No, I just think like if people are listening, probably want actually yeah. get an idea of like how old we are. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm just. That's what I was getting. Yeah, to. I mean, I think the I would say that a lot of the club is somewhere in their 40s to 50s. Um, we have a young club. Um, there are a, a good handful of guys in their 30s as well, um, and then there are just because of the nature of the neighborhood, um, with it being kind of an upscale, you know, new construction golf club neighborhood there's there's some empty nester type of houses in there and so there's some older guys that that are members as well um as well as there's some uh, older members that have come over from other clubs just because of the proximity um and also uh it's a pretty good value right now so yeah and it's not like a club or a, a course that i mean most people if you want to play it you there's it's not hard to get on 
No. You can, you can play this club. It's not difficult. Nope, it's very fair. So, um, you want to move on to some booze? We can do that. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about what we got going on here. Um, we have been experimenting, as you probably noticed in the last couple episodes, um, we've been experimenting that we want to try to test something and share with you our thoughts on maybe something we've kind of discovered, um, a drink, or obviously when we were in Paris last year, we, we, we decided to try a, a shitty... Uh, last week. Sorry, you know. last week. Um, we tried. Uh, we decided <laughs> to try a shitty Parisian French beer. Oh, that's and terrible! The French know nothing about beer. Just drinking. I'm still like there. scarred from how bad the beer was. Yeah, the Le Chouf was freaking awful. Uh, that was probably the worst. We beer still I think drank we had. it. But... We did drink it. Um, probably why I got this gut rock going on this week. <laughs> all that crappy swill we were drinking last week. Uh, but so, are you missing a cafe right now? Like, just I'm sitting. missing sitting on a cafe, crushing some smokes, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's freaking funny. Um, so, one thing we want to do, and, and we'll try to do something unique every week, um, whether that's a beer or a whiskey or a tequila uh, or who knows what, a scotch, whatever it is. We're going to try to do something a little bit unique. There's obviously a lot of uh, alternatives out there for adult beverages. And this week, we had uh, a recommendation from uh, a friend of ours that there was this uh, Mitchter's whiskey brand, and um, he uh, we were recommended actually the bourbon. And what ended up happening is I went to uh, the Market District here in Carmel, which is a, a huge freaking ridiculous grocery store with a liquor department that's just enormous and they've got just this wall of bourbon and uh whiskeys and um I actually grabbed the American the unblended American whiskey from uh Mitchters. It's a small batch unblended American whiskey and uh John and I have been drinking this and I tell you what it's really good. Um I'm, I'm frozen here uh to your couch. I'm taking another little sip here. Um, the, it really, like, if you're a fan of, uh, for those of you that maybe drink a lot of bourbon, um, I think what it'll remind you of a little bit is of a, a Woodford Reserve. I think it'll you'll you'll get that um, a little bit. You'll also I'm trying to think of something else to compare it to. Uh, it almost has a little bit more of a sweetness, and I'm not going to go as far as saying Jack Daniels. But there is a little bit more of a sweetness than the Woodford that kind of gives have a me little, this little sour mash type. That kind of gives me that uh, that feeling that it, it's it's leaning toward something that is that um, it, I that think more it's, commercialized I think it's, I think kind it's of a barrel of what like they soak it in because the one like I have a Jefferson's yeah up there that has a little it, it it's like it's in a French like type of like. Bourbon, I don't know what it is, okay. but it's a sweet taste. Yeah. So there's sweet a little finish. Bit, definitely a little bit sweeter taste, sweeter finish to this. Um, it's good. It, what name, what's the name? What, what's the name of this? Mitchters. Mitchters. How'd you guys find this? What? How did this? Well, how was this discovered? So, so our our, our uh, one of our vice presidents at the company said that he was just crushing this over the weekend, 
um, the bourbon. And what ended up happening is we, I ended up just pulling this American one, this American whiskey. And I tell you what, it, uh, if you want something that's just easy to drink, um, if maybe you're new to whiskeys, maybe new to bourbons, I think this is something that you could easily get started on because it's, it's easy to drink as well. Had you heard of these guys before? I'd seen it before on the shelf. Um, uh, I hadn't. But, I mean, look, 1753. Well. Not, what's that? Mm-hmm. Have you done some research? I've done a little homework on these guys. So one thing that, and you'll find this, for those of you that maybe aren't, for those of you that are into bourbon, you're probably finding that more and more of these new uh, brands that are coming out, what they're doing is they're actually buying their bourbon from older distilleries. So uh, with this particular group, um, they're buying their stuff from Willet. Okay. And so um, and so really that's where kind of their stuff's coming from. However, they're 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 creating their own unique small batches from what Willet's been working on for the last obviously number of years. They've kind of shifted what they've been doing, but to me it's a it's a really easy drinking whiskey. Um, have it on the rocks. You could probably drink it neat as well. We've been drinking it on the rocks here just because, I don't know, I prefer uh, with, it's more about uh, it being cold to me than it is about watering it down. So um, I probably could put these on some whiskey stones as well um, if, uh, if that's something you like to do. Uh, but It's good. And I'm not a, I'm not a massive bourbon, bourbon, excuse me, whiskey or bourbon drinker. I like... I drink something hard. I like drinking scotch, but this is very drinkable. I yeah. like it. It's good. Very drinkable. Good stuff. So check it out. Uh, I will link it up on uh, when I share it uh, on the podcast as well as um, in our social media feeds. And with that, we've wrapped up uh, episode three, John. Yeah. Somehow we we figured out a way to talk for thirty minutes about golf again and and uh, and some cocktails. Not difficult. Not too bad. So for uh, for John Falkenberg, I'm Mark Chulene. Go out there, hit more greens, and you'll score better. Promise. See ya.